welcome to the We Hunt Podcast. We're your hosts, Todd Ellis and Jake Smith. Let's get this started. Welcome to the second episode of the We Hunt Podcast. As promised, we're going to do our bow hunting setup breakdown on our bows. I guess I'll start this one, Jake. You good with that? That's fine with me. All right. I'm shooting a 70-pound uh, OD green with black limbs, Bowtech CP30 is what I chose this year. I love the uh, the comfort and the performance mode on the uh, the cam or the draw modules. I'm shooting comfort because comfort's plenty fast enough. And I was I was worried about you know how smooth it was going to be with that comfort setting. And uh, I figured it would be slow with it being that smooth. But I mean, with my my over 400 grain arrow, I'm still shooting you know right at 300 feet per second. But if I want to amp that up. I can always flip the modules over and uh, go to performance. And what do you say, about 10, 11 feet faster per second? Out yeah, there. roughly something like that. Yep. Uh, I chose the uh, the Viper Venom Pros this year for my sights. And uh, they're five pins. The point ten pins at that. All right. Now, I hate to interrupt you, but why is it that you decided to go with the five pin sight with the point ten pins? Well, five pin for me, I mean, I've shot single pin. I've shot sliders. I just don't like having to adjust. I like to be able to come to full draw. And I know if when I draw, it's at 20 and then it's made to 30. All I got to do is move up one pin. I'm lazy in that manner, I, I guess. And the point ten pins are mainly because I have astigmatism in my right eye. And the point one nines, I, got, uh, I get real bad uh, pin flare. So 0.19s at 20 and 30 yards ain't no big deal. But when I get out there at 40, 40, 50, 60, the, the pin will start covering up the entire animal. So this year, with it getting worse, I decided let's let's drop pin size and see. And so far this year, the 0.10s all the way out. I mean, we've been shooting, what, out 60 yards out here in the bottom. So pin flares, I mean, it's still there, but it's half the size it was so i can i've still got plenty of visuals even when it when it flares up i can still see the animal i can still see the pin on the animal and i can make an ethical shot where with 0.19s anything past 30 was really starting to mess with me but shooting the uh qad bowtech version ultra rest on the bow i'm running uh dual bars which i know a lot of people or like why and some people some people get it and some people don't uh there's the old school hunters that think you need just a little short stubby on the back but i'm running a it's called an eight inch but technically it's a nine and a half inch bar on the front and a seven and a half inch bar on the rear even though it says it's supposed to be six with the little bushing on it it just it balances my bow great and with Bowtech, I mean, I really didn't have to kick that sidebar out much. It stays pretty well tight to the bow. If anything, it's a good, good prop for the hip when uh, when I'm sitting in the stand waiting. But, yeah, I mean, I love I love the, the rear bar setup on this bow. It adds a little weight, but like I said, when, I, when I'm at full draw, it, it's solid. It ain't moving. It ain't going nowhere. And me, I think you can go way too light with a bow which will make it, you know, a little shaky, a little easy to move. That weight, that extra weight, in my opinion, is the smart way to go. And 
gold tip arrows. We'll get more into the air builds later. Why don't you tell us about your build? So I decided to go with the CP30. The reason being, I had the Bowtech BT Maggots, which was a 36 inch axle to axle, which was a very huge bow. And I'd ran into a couple problems of a few does that I was wanting to shoot. The spot that they was in, I was not able to draw back. And I've got a longer draw length, 30 and a half inches. And I was like, well, I'll just keep using this the rest of the season. Maybe they'll come out with something new. And luckily, sure enough, the new bow that they come out with was the 30 inch axle to axle CP30. It max draw length 30 and a half inches which is my draw length i was just amazed i was like yep that's mine i'm getting one no doubt about it but mine is the all black and before i actually got the bow i went ahead and ordered me a set of custom vapor trail strings which is all flow orange is what they consider it neon orange whatever you want to call it and the accessories on it, I went with the Hamsky limb-driven rest, and I see the 8-inch trophy trophy ridge stabilizer. Then with a the sight, I was at a, I was using the HHA optimizer light yep. single pin, and I had a buddy that got in touch with me, and he was wanting a single pin, and I was wanting to go back to a multi pin just to give it a try, and he happened to have the IQ three pin pro hunter and i was like yeah we'll go ahead we'll trade you know whatever and ever since i went back to that three pin i will me personally i'll never go back just because you got the two fixed pin and the one floater pin but iq if you're listening to this build a two pin site one fixed pin one floater i think that would help us all out a little bit and the only problem that i ran into with that site is you talking about pin flare I'm the total opposite of everybody else. Green is usually what gets everybody, but the red pen is what flares the most with me. Yeah, see, now I'm the right opposite. Green, green is horrible for me. Yellow is pretty bad. Red, you know, in any low light situation, red is the first one to go out. So, it, yeah, it doesn't bother me at all with the red. If I could, if my mind would let me wrap it around having all red pens. I would I would go that route because they don't flare on me really at all, but yeah I understand the uh, the green the green flare or the red flaring for you. I may not understand it, but I get you know if green blows up for me, red's what's blowing up for you. Yeah, and what a lot of people don't know is it really bothers me when it comes to shooting a bow. I'm left eye dominant, but I shoot a bow right handed, so it can be a little difficult be a little difficult at times. But I happen to make it work. You know I shoot the bow good right handed. Just when it comes to low light situations, I'm not very good with shooting. I'm kind of under a little bit of pressure because I can't see as clearly out of my right eye as I can my left. But, you know, if I'm not comfortable with making the shot, I'm not going to make the shot. <laughs> and I'm glad that I've got the gift of being able to tell myself that. And, I mean, it's just. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, see, mine's weird. My, my flares, low light, if if i don't run a sight light they're gone but if it's bright during the day you know say you got to stand in the first thing that evening and the first 20 minutes something comes out that's when my flares will uh will get me it's all that extra light and if i cut that sight light on you know yeah it'll do it the same too but uh what made you want to uh switch out from the uh the single pin to the uh the two pin with the floater 
So one thing I'd ran into with a single pin when I was using my BT Mag X was I would have a deer at 20 yards, then they would walk out to 30, then I'd have to readjust because I didn't quite have enough experience to like hold high or hold low in those type of situations. So I was like, I'm going to try this. I'll have my two fixed pins and then I'll have my floater pin just in case I do have enough time to adjust. Yeah. But I, I think it worked out pretty good this year with the shots that I've been making the average of 20 to 25 yards. I've got my 20 yard pin as my second pin. And I'm one of those weirdos that use a 10 yard pin, you know, just in case that special occasion that something does step out at that range. Then my, floater pin i think we set it at 30 40 50 because i'm using a heavier era setup but i just i all around like the three pin other than that but i would much rather have the one fixed pin one floater pin just have a fixed 20 than a 30 40 50 60 yeah me yeah. personally that's my opinion but see now you brought up a good point about you know if something comes in super close on you like that now with me shooting a five pin I start at 20 and my final pin is 60. If it's for me anyway, if it's 10 yards or under, I'm usually shooting. Well, I won't say 10 yards. I'll say eight yards and under 10 yards. I'm I'm probably just going to hold my 20 yard pin a little low and shoot, but eight yards and under, I put my 40 yard pin on it and shoot, which is, has worked great for me. But that's another little trick that if you if you do shoot that 10 yard pin and you'd like to jump to your 20 and you don't know about it, eight yards and under has my 40 yard pin has always been dead on. So and then like 10, 12 yards, just hold your 20 yard pins just slightly low for some new archers and stuff that hasn't ever heard that or have been in that situation yet. So before you mess it up, it's a little piece of advice that I can give you after shooting for the last 30 years now. If it's eight and under with multi-pin, just put your 40-yard pin on it and send it. It's going to be there. And if it's 10, 12, 13 to 20, just put your 20-yard pin where you want it. Most bows these days are shooting so fast, your 20-yard pin, your 10-yard pin would be identical anyway. Yeah. You couldn't smush them together close enough. But uh, what uh, what about this CP30 when you, when you actually shot it and stuff and got your hands on it made you really want one of these bows? So where I work at a pro shop... <laughs> We got some in a little early, and I decided to shoot them. Once I found out about the CP30, I was like, all right, you know, and I, I got to give this a try. And I went and shot it. I mean, it's dead in the hand, no vibration in the bow whatsoever. I'd recommend a Bowtech to anybody. I've never shot a Bowtech with any vibration in it. Even their older bows that I've worked on, there is no vibration in them at all, which I get with a lot of other brands. You know, I'm not trying to knock other brands, but it's just – Compared to a Bowtech, it's there's no comparison really. Yeah. Now my biggest thing, my biggest selling point was I wouldn't even come in for a bow. Jamie was coming up there for a bow, and uh, he bought the CP28. And when he bought his, we sat over talking to you, messing around with the bows and everything. Is when you set when you set that bow's grip in your hand the way you're supposed to, and you open your hand up, you cannot torque it. Which I know there's a lot of people that's going to be like, well, if you're shooting with your hand open, how are you supposed to torque it? A bow will move on that pad below your thumb 
where you're where you're supposed to put your hand on that on the grip of the bow a lot of bows like i won't mention no names but they've got a bunch of limbs on their bows this year uh are terrible for twisting in your hand they rock which causes torque which causes you to shoot off now Botech. And this is my very first Botech, and mind y'all, we are not sponsored. We're not affiliated with Botech or none of that with actually no companies. But Botech was, when you say dead in hand, you know, most people think there's no vibration. It's it's solid. It feels good. But if you shoot with an open grip, it is, in my opinion, it's almost impossible to torque that bow. That was my number one selling point. And, you know, setting Jamie's bow up and, you know, doing a lot of the work on it that, y'all didn't do at the shop that i done here in my shop and shooting it and helping him dial it in and stuff i knew when when i went to buy a bow i was behind a botech but i don't like them short axle to axle bows but with uh botex i don't know if people will think this is a good thing or a bad thing but that cp28 actually felt like a 30 inch axle to axle bow to me where i was like well if it felt like a 30 inch bow maybe the 30 will feel like a 32 because i like them longer axle to axles you stone about that uh botech you shot in the past i would be okay with you know 34 5 6 7 8 inch axle to axle bow i mean some ground blind and box stand setups wouldn't be great for it but i i think a longer axle to axle bow is more forgiving but the botech the cp30 blew me away just the same but uh what uh what was your take on these uh these iq's IQs, I am very impressed. You know, when I first seen the price of the Pro Hunter that I've got now, I was kind of skeptical of it. I was like, shoot, you know, that's a lot of money for a multi-pin site because I'd ran into problems with a multi-pin site beforehand. But now that I have actually got one, I am, like I said, I'm very impressed. I will, I'm going to stick with a three-pin that IQ puts out again like i've said at iq if you're listening build a two pin site one fixed one floater pin that's all i ask but iq is just such good quality i mean it's not cheap made not one bit they are a little on the higher side depending on which model you go with but i would recommend iq to anybody yeah no uh i don't know if i told you the story on this or not but i'll let everybody else know i originally went with the uh the Viper Venom Pros that I'm shooting, the 5-pin point 10s, and that, that was the ones I wanted. I caught them on sale because they're like 200 like between $195 and $230 for this particular site. As far as what I've seen, they may have come down since I bought them or went up. You never know. But I bought the uh, the $195 version, which is the uh, the fixed the fixed bracket, and uh, they only difference between the the hundred ninety five and two hundred and thirty dollar version is you got a fixed bracket or a dovetail system. Well, I was fortunate, I guess, fortunate enough to say I bought the fixed bracket, and then when they come, they come in the dovetail. So I got the two hundred and thirty dollar version of these sites for uh, for one hundred ninety five dollars, which was pretty cool to me. But after messing messing with them and trying to get used to it, I really didn't want a dovetail system for a hunting site i thought it would be more of a pain and catching on stuff than than really need be so uh i contacted viper and told them you know i ordered the fix the fixed bracket style sites and i got sent the dovetail 
And I think they charged me like $11, sent me the fixed bracket and told me to keep the dovetail. So I got, I've got it in either version I want at this point, which is, in my opinion, is pretty cool. I've got it in both systems or both styles, whether I want to shoot it in dovetail or um, fix, which I'm shooting fix, of course. But yeah, I've got both styles for $195, which is pretty killer. I thought that was a pretty cool deal. Now, uh, with uh, your Hamski, tell me about it a little bit. I've seen a lot of people shooting them, but I don't know a lot about them. So the Hamski, one thing I do like about it is it's got something called the micro adjustment, and it's one click at a time. You know, most rests, you just loosen the screw, push it to the side. That one, it clicks. And what I like about the Bowtech coming along with the rest, you can line your air up down the bow, and then from there you can adjust the cams on it. With the deadlock system and all that good stuff, you know. And with the limb driven, me personally, I like the idea of just such little pressure being on the limbs other than pressure being on the cable. That's just my personal opinion. Other people may have a different opinion about it. All right. With that being said, and you working in a pro shop, uh, what's your opinion on these Botex with their, uh, their tuning system on the limbs and their deadlock systems? So, like I was saying beforehand, when it comes to actually paper tuning the boat, it is so much easier than your normal boat. Usually, you know, you'd have to adjust your rest until you get your air flying out of the boat straight. With a bow tech, you can look down your bow, get your air where you want it, you know, straighten it out with a bow, and then screw down your rest and then from there you just adjust your cams left and right with that deadlock system and along with if you want to adjust the poundage it's got a set screw on it versus most bows you can just take turn them out with the Bowtech, you've got that set screw you got to loosen it let the screw out then tighten back down your set screw and i like the idea of that that way if you're shooting there's no possible way that it might work loose or you know you know what I mean? Yeah, you can take the uh, maybe something like the uh, thread stretching, and you can take all that out of the equation by just locking that that set lock back down or set screw back down. Yeah, I think I think it's it was an ingenious idea. I know uh, when I shot for APA, APA had some similar tuning styles and stuff, but it was more through the cables instead of the uh, the. Um, limbs themselves but yeah i I think it's a a great innovation i don't i don't think it can be beat at this point but i believe we've about talked about our bows as much as we can let's uh let's switch over into our our arrow setups for uh i guess we'll start with the the ones for here in north carolina this year you want to start it off or you want me to so with my arrow setup what i'm using is the gold tip black labels the 300 spine i believe they're 9.3 grains per inch a little on the heavier side i'm using the standard gold tip 12 grain insert with 125 grain broadhead Uh, i'm using the nocturnal lighted knocks i believe with the floor four fletch x veins from boning along with the five and a half inch boning wrap and Todd, I'm interested as to what your era setup is. Yeah, I'm shooting the uh, the gold tip black labels just the same, but I'm shooting the uh, 340s, even though I'm shooting 70 pound draw, 29 inch draw length. I've, my draw weight is actually uh, 67 pounds, so I can get away with the 340s. They are 8.2 grains. Uh, 
shooting just regular 12 grain insert uh i think my arrow weight with a 100 grain broadhead is 405 grains on this build which i'm shooting the uh the muzzy shanks which by far my favorite mechanical broadhead they've come out with i've shot a bunch but i love the muzzies but yeah a little bit lighter arrow set up this year for uh here in north carolina anyway smaller body deer you know average doe is 120 pounds average buck is 180 to 200 pounds on the heavy side a little bit lighter air to punch through smaller deer but i mean i know people that'll shoot the same weight air at elk it's just my personal preference now our virginia virginia air that we're shooting this year we're both shooting the uh the gold tip forces in the 300 spine uh, a little bit heavier arrow for me actually it's going to be a little bit lighter arrow for you this year correct that's right uh, uh they're 8.8 grains uh i'm shooting a 32 grain insert with uh with the muzzy the muzzy shank broadheads you're shooting the 32 grain insert the same 12 grain insert. 12 grain insert uh, with, and with my virginia setup with the victory arrows when i'm just going to be using the standard setup i think we weight it I'm tips. still sticking with the four flitch, the speed knock, 12 grain insert, 100 grain broadhead. I think I sit between 420 and 430, I believe. Carbon to carbon, it's a 30 inch arrow, I think is what I cut them to. And they are smoking when they come out of my bow. I'm very impressed. Yeah, yeah. Gold tip is uh, definitely our standard for arrow. That's I mean, right. I've been as far as some people are going to think it's crazy, but I have a gold tip tattooed on my forearm. <laughs> but uh yeah i mean choosing to do a do a little bit more of an foc arrow for virginia make it a little bit heavier a little more impact i like to uh say it's uh chihuahuas to pit bulls That's on right. size difference between the deer here in north carolina and the deer in virginia but overall you know two air setups i know a lot of people think you know why well just because i want a little more foc for a bigger body animal I feel like it'll give me a little bit more punch and be able to get uh, a little bit more penetration with that uh, mechanical broadhead that I'm shooting with a little bit heavier arrow on a on a bigger bodied animal. But yeah, arrow setups, nothing fancy. You're shooting the uh, G5 Montex, correct? 125s? Right. The Montex M3s. M3s, 125s, yeah. and you're going to drop to 100? Is that what you're thinking for yeah, Virginia? I believe I'm going to... Use the exact same one that you're using, which is the Muzzy Shanks yep. and the mechanical kind of swacker style, but a little bit, in my opinion, a little more durable. Yep. And uh, if I can say anything, if anybody from Muzzy ever hears this, start making replacement blades for them. They're a pain to sharpen, but you get five in a pack, so it's not too bad. But I would love to see uh, replacement blades for the Shanks. But yeah, I mean nothing, nothing super fancy. We ain't going into no extreme FOCs or, you know, really trying to get into the science of building arrows this year. I've been there. We've, you know, I've done it. But I think four hundred five to four hundred and thirty-five. I think is what the new ones for Virginia is going to weigh. That that's going to get the job done, no problem. Anything in? Yeah. So again, like I said in the first episode. 
where I work in a pro shop, if any of y'all would like to know any ways that I work on bows, just let me know if you have a new tactic that you might want to tell me about. I'd be, I'm open to anything. I'm not one of those picky people that preaches one way to doing everything. You know, I'm open to new opportunities and yeah, that's pretty much all that I've got to say. All right. And yeah, to, uh, to get in contact with us for now until we get our website built, it will be we hunt podcast on facebook you can uh drop in give us give our page a like leave a comment uh like i said anything topic wise you want to talk you want us to talk about or get our opinion on and stuff like that jake and one other thing you're talking about the facebook deal something that me and you had talked about is maybe doing a tiktok page you know short video clips here and there that way people have an idea of who we are what we actually look at they were they're not surprised when they actually see us they're like there's no way that that's who that is you know maybe that way everybody has a general idea of what we look like how we go about our hunting ways you know the way that we do things and all that stuff some clips about how we how we set up and you know maybe some of our stands and our shots uh like right here in north carolina and going into preparation for virginia we throw that on there and we might even do a few clips of recording the podcast right here in the studio yeah so i think really north carolina is just a spot for us to get the anger out on does and stuff and all that until virginia you, comes me, in yeah when virginia comes in me and you are 100 percent wide open non-stop yep. and yeah well until time changes i'll still hunt right here at the house because it's such a drive to uh to the camper and stuff up there on the lease in virginia but yeah weekends weekends are done i'm gonna be in va but yeah, so uh, leading into that, let's uh, let's talk about our plans and stuff for this season before we end this episode. Yeah, so some people may judge, some people may not. What my idea is to be on doe patrol till late October when rut starts picking up. That's when antler deer hunting really kicks in for me. But in Virginia, where we've got them two pretty good sized deer on camera you know we got an eight pointer he's probably 140 roughly something like that got a 10 pointer he's probably 130 plus which where i'm hunting that's a really good deer and if you don't shoot it your neighbor's going to shoot it if he gets a chance at it but those are our two target bucks and really that's all that i've got to say about that so if you have anything you'd like to put in on that go ahead. yeah now i've got like i was telling you and i've talked to jamie about it too i've got four i've got them on on camera running through the woods i don't know what spooked them then but i've seen all four of these bucks that i will put on the hit list this year the smallest one i'm gonna say is right around the 130 mark there's an eight pointer i i can't can't prove it to you until i shoot him but i swear he's 26 inches inside i don't know what his score he's just an eight but he is so wide i mean i don't know how he gets through the woods without breaking his neck then there's a i've got a 10 pointer on camera and uh, i've seen him in person too he was probably about 140 inches about 20 inch inside spread i can't tell you wholeheartedly on the height but pretty good mass on him i say he i say he's gonna be in the 140s and then i've got uh two the the first eight and then another eight that's uh gonna be in the 130s so that's my plans is sitting holding out for them me about next weekend will probably be which is the second weekend of october i'll probably lay off shooting does the freezer well i i haven't actually even shot a doe only thing i've shot is that one opening day buck that we'll do a whole nother episode on him but 
I'll probably pop at least one, maybe two does if I'm lucky enough to between this weekend and next weekend. And then I'll just, I'll lay off. And that's just, I want everything to settle down, get comfortable. And I'll still hunt here, like I said, during the week and stuff. And I just, I want them to get calm before they, uh, before rut kicks in. Cause I love hunting the chasing phase. And something that I would like to say is in our third podcast, really what our main idea is going to be about is where we have all killed one deer each. Of course, my first archery kill, Todd's opening day buck and Jamie's opening day monster is yeah. what I call him, which is a really good deer. Taxidermist told him 160 60s. plus. Yeah. Roughly which somewhere is in there. A very, very good deer for this part of North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. And that's for sure. But that's really going to be the main conversation of the episode three. Yep. But I, Todd, I'll let you take on from here over. Yeah, well, I think we've got about as much covered in this episode as we can. And, you know, we're only two episodes in. Bear with us. The uh, the quality and of the audio along with the podcast itself, the material will get better. Just give us some feedback and we'll have uh, we'll definitely have a Facebook page up by the time you're hearing this and possibly a TikTok page. But it'll be the We Hunt podcast on Facebook. And yeah, from there. We'll see you in episode. Thanks for listening to the We Hunt podcast. We'll see you in the next episode.